Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to Behind the Business Scene, presented by Abado Media, and your host, Ryan Amato. Walter. Hey. Hey. There you are. Perfect. You have to understand, all this is very new to me. You're, you, but you are the first person who has ever just answered, and you're there, and I can hear you. But you did have to call twice, didn't you? Well, that's okay. Don't, don't bring that okay. up. Okay. <laughs> so, by the way, what the hell are we doing? We're just going to, you know, chit-chat. I just want to I want to learn about you. Um, I, okay. I've, obviously, I, I looked at your website, and I, I've read over everything I possibly could. Um, okay. It's just I like to, you know, selfishly, I get to meet people and new people, and um, it's cool talking to people and getting to know them. And Okay. What we found is everybody has a lot of similar things in common, um, and it's helped other people. You know, I've talked to a bunch of different people, and... You know anything that you want to share? And they're just general. Sure. They're just general questions. It's nothing, nothing too stressful or anything like that. And that's really well. It. You're telling you're telling me I can make it as stressful as I want to. You could make it as stressful as you want to, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a uh, it's very easy going, and it halfway through you don't even realize that I'm recording you. Really, okay. Um, it's just a general chit chat. So and. I can edit anything, so if anything happens or or you say something that you don't want to have out there, just just holler, and that, that's easy. Sure, it's no problem. So okay. All I end up doing is is a button down here. I'll hit record. Um, you'll see it on your end, and then we're good to go. Really. Okay. Here we are. Your last name is pronounced Stoffel. Stoffel, yes. Stoffel. Beautiful. Stoffel. Awesome. So. Uh, I'm just going to go like it through a general, um, you know, a bio about you. And uh, okay. I may record it again by myself off off site because I might have some more information that you give me here and then just add it in. But sure. we'll go for it. So okay. you should see a button in a little bit. On the lower right corner? Yes, sir. Okay. And there we are. So today... Uh, welcome. Um, welcome to Amato Media. I'm Ryan Amato. Today we're talking to Walk- Walter Stoffel. Uh, Walter is a freelance writer and publisher who specializes in human interest memoirs and fiction. He is the chief executive officer at Diamond One Publications. Uh, he has taught GED and substance abuse counseling at correctional facilities, which is awesome. Um, he also has experience in a, as a certified mental health screener. His books, Lance, A Spirit Unbroken, and Arthur, The Beginning, 
are, are available on Amazon. And I'm going to put the links up uh, in this podcast below so everybody can go on there and take a look at them. Uh, welcome, Walter. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate you coming in today. So we're just going to go through a general chit chat and we want to we want to tell the world about uh, you and your story. So can you tell me about yourself? Okay. Uh, I was very young when I was a child. How's that for a bad joke to start it right off? <laughs> Beautiful. I grew up in a small town of uh, Port Jefferson on Long Island. Um, let's just say I am a child of the 50s. Um, family of five, a lot of dysfunction, a lot of dysfunction, um, which I've kind of snuck into my second historical fiction novel. Um, but despite that fun- dysfunction, uh, I did graduate with cum laude honors from high school, and I also uh, graduated CW Post College in Long Island. Get this, my major was Spanish, my minor was psychology. Wow. Don't even ask. <laughs> I, I may be the sole person on this globe that has that combo. <laughs> um, uh, well, and I, my work history has been varied. I've been a high school teacher, uh, real estate salesman, um, a lot of years as a drug and alcohol counselor, and actually, I, uh, several years I was selling electronics in various South American countries. Oh wow! How- now, go ahead, Walter. I'm sorry. Throughout all of this time, um, I was what I like to call a an accomplished underachiever. In that, I'm saying that uh, I. Started books, never finished, wrote some music, wrote ad campaigns, wrote slogans for bumper stickers. The one thing they all had in common was none of them were ever seen by the public. Uh, I think it's a combination of uh, insecurity and, frankly, laziness. I never followed through. Hmm. So uh, 10 years ago, July of 2010 I'm sitting in my house drinking a cup of coffee and I'm saying to myself uh, self you're not getting any younger you have to do something creative that you can leave behind so with that in mind um, by the way am I interfering with the interviewer no go ahead speak away <laughs> okay you're, um, doing, you're doing my job for me I appreciate that I'm okay good. so I grabbed legal pad and pen in hand, went out on my porch. I I decided that my best bet was writing, writing a book. So what am I going to write about? I couldn't think of a lot of things. And on every short list, a dog I had rescued came to mind because it turned out to be a very unusual experience. And it was fairly recent. He had died a year earlier. So it was fresh in my mind. I started writing. Um, I would write a chapter. I'd write another chapter. Before I knew it, I was up to eight or nine chapters. And um, every time I wrote one, I figured, well, I'm just about at the end of the book. I'd I'd bring it out to my wife, say, here it is. This is the final chapter. And she would say, oh, it's wonderful, you know. Well, it turns out that's not the way it works. Uh, I Googled. You know, how to write a best-selling, 
novel. So there were a couple of things that they mentioned. One of the most important thing they mentioned was join a critiquing group. Um, I checked around, turned out there was one in a nearby library, and lo and behold, I gave them a call, and they told me what the rules were, the guidelines. Every two weeks we meet, you have to bring in a 15 or so page, double-spaced pages of your work, and everybody goes over it with a fine-tooth comb and critiques it. So um, I have long had a history of really taking the easy way out of things, uh, not good with criticism, uh, just all kinds of things that I was just so far by now I'm so far out of my comfort zone. I'd need a map to get back to it. And I don't even want to go back to it, frankly. Well, so no, what you and I are doing now is just all part of this. I don't was, do, do, uh, go do, ahead. Do you realize I mean, I'm just listening to you how amazing this sounds. So you 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 went from never written a book. Right. You were writing, but weren't putting it out to anybody until one day you just woke up and decided, I'm going to write a book, and you Googled it, and now you're into a critiquing group. I, so, so um, yeah, and that, that what you had to do was a couple of days before they meet, you have to email them the, your, your pages so they can correct it and give you the hard copy. So that Saturday, that first meeting, I am sitting out of my car sweating bullets outside the library, and this is like a do or die thing. So um, somehow my feet dragged the rest of me into there. And then I, w I was waiting with my lack of self-confidence. I was waiting for people to say, oh, here's Walter, the guy that doesn't know how to write or this. Or that. You know, everybody was just chit-chatting and stuff. And thank God that they took mine first so I didn't have to sit there and wait for them to go through everybody else's. And I think... Five or six people were there. Every one of them was really angry at about how this dog had been treated by his previous owner. And I'm sitting there saying, wow, I put something down on paper and it's actually getting a reaction. So, I mean, that was a huge day. And, you know, uh, I, I got into that. Um, how, actually, how, how did you react? I'm, I'm sure you did get some critique in there. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Which, I, as I mentioned before, I you know I, I have thin skin when it comes to criticism. I do as well. Because I grew up in a house where like you never wanted to be a failure. So the safest thing, my my two sisters were overachievers. I took the easy way out. I said, well, hey, if I don't try anything, then I can't fail. But now that I look back on it, not trying in it is is a huge failure in itself. You know, but that's stuff you live and learn. Um, the first few weeks, it was like I took everybody's criticism and whatever they said to change, I change and this and that. But after I got my feet a little wet, I would go home with everything that they've done and I'd look at it and I'd say to myself, yeah, they're right. I'm going to change it to the way they want me to. Other times I say, no, you know, I like it the way I did it. Good. And sometimes I'd go in a third direction not what they told me to do, but I didn't leave it the way I did it. I went off into a different direction. So I, I just got better at, you know, I would tell you that today, if I walk into a critiquing group, there's still that little bit of anxiety, et cetera. But it's it's not stopping me. That's right. really what all that matters. 
and it's the same. It's the same for myself. I, 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 I guess I used to be thick skinned, and you know, uh, I'm just putting myself out there on video. Uh, mm-hmm. So I mean, you get all kinds of crazy comments um, from people who are just out there to, to be negative. Um, mm-hmm. I had oh yeah, to, I had to realize that and just basically feel sorry for them, not not try to change everything I do for for what they're looking for. But uh, how did you how did you get into writing before this? Can we go backwards? Uh, all through, <coughs> excuse me, all through um, my life, I would start never. I only went to I think I went to one creative writing class as a postgraduate, and that was it as far as school goes. I would just write things. I'd put them away. Um, some of them are probably still out in the garage. I, it just was. <clears throat> Let me just have a glass of water here before sure. I. And so it wasn't really, it was just something that was in me, but that I never brought to any completion. Mm-hmm. So I would just, I mean, actually I had some, uh, I had some music I wrote that I actually completed the tunes, never got around to doing anything with it. As I said, and I had all these ad campaigns, um, Great sticker bump, a bumper sticker slogans. I was gonna, you know, but I just, it just. We've moved several times over the years, and I'm sure a lot of it got lost. And you know, hey, do you really want this? Nah, throw it out. You know, so I never really formally. It was. It's just something that I did on my own, but I just didn't have. As I said, I, I think it was a combination of lack of confidence and just not willing to see it through. Mm-hmm. Did you get a so lot of, everything I started kind of died a natural death? Yeah, not a lot of support um, when you were younger. <laughs> so, um, actually, you know, it's, a couple of months ago, I gave a presentation. Oh, this is another thing I forgot to mention. I have a history of chronic anxiety and panic attacks. Mm-hmm. So, join, um, join our club couple, here. It's Walter. Um, Almost everybody that I've that I've interviewed so far, who who is in business or everybody who works here in my company, has anxiety. They're all in a state of panic, and we all we all we all kind of uh, talk to each other about it and try to work through it. And so we we definitely understand. You're not alone. Well, you know what? And I'm not sure why it happened, but I haven't had a panic attack since about the year 2000 and I used to take meds. I don't take meds anymore either. So I don't know what it is. I can't sit here and say I have the answer to it. Um, But I was going to say that a couple of months ago, I gave a presentation to all the high school English classes describing my writing journey with all the thing, all the setbacks that I had along the way that the old Walter would have just, um, just chucked it, you know, bailed out. Um, I had my computer crash. And uh, I called somebody, somebody from the geek squad called me. He said, well, for me, you told me you probably lost everything. So I didn't, I didn't keep any hard copy. I, I was probably about two thirds of the way through the book. Oh, wow. Um, I was, I went berserk. So I, I did take the computer down to uh, Best Buy and the guy there said, I don't know why that guy told you that. I'm pretty sure we can save everything, <clears throat> which they did. Oh, and I was introduced to the joys of a flash drive. Yes. <laughs> See, things okay. I hadn't thought yeah. of. I think I have um, it here somewhere. <laughs> <clears throat> another thing. 
There's something called a query letter that you send to literary agents. It's like this little short paragraph <clears throat> that's going to convince them that they should represent you and your book. So I never got any, uh, I never got any bites. I did get, you know, I'll, I'll share a story with this. It's a nibble I got that was, it was funny in hindsight. So I send this letter out and I was doing research and I found this agent that she's also into dog rescue. So I said, oh, here we go. So I send it to her on a Friday and she writes, emails me back. Uh, I'm leaving the office. I will be definitely contacting you Monday. So I told my wife, here we go, man. The gravy train has arrived, you know. <laughs> so Monday comes and Monday goes. So then I'm telling myself, maybe she kind of really meant the following Monday, not next Monday, the Monday after that. So now the following Monday comes and goes. Hmm. So nothing. <clears throat> A month goes by. Now the deal is you are not supposed to contact agents without their permission. They're, they're a very uh, flaky crew. Uh, so I figured I'd try something funny. So I emailed her and I said, well, you know, my wife's really concerned because I haven't gone to work for a month because I've been sitting by the phone waiting for your call. <laughs> See, you're laughing, right? Yes. Well, she didn't respond. Oh. Another month goes by. And I'm saying to myself, you know, I shouldn't really be so selfish. Maybe something terrible happened to this agent. And that's the only logical reason she hasn't gotten back at all. So I go on her Twitter account. <clears throat> Six minutes earlier, she's posting, I'm in Brooklyn at a Starbucks having a Frappuccino. So <clears throat> obviously she had lost interest in me for some reason. Um so these these are setbacks that, as I said, the old Walter would have, okay, that's it. We're not going any further. Why humiliate myself, you know? Mm -hmm. um, what I finally realized, <clears throat> and if there's something that I can relate to anybody else that's seen this video, it's probably something that will save them time. In this competitive market of uh, books these days, an agent and a big-name publisher is only going to take you if either – you're already established as a writer, you're a celebrity, or some will take you if you're young and they think they can build a long-term working relationship with you. So I read the writing on the wall and I self-published, which is a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole other story in itself. That's actually, uh, one, of Diamond, my, that's actually one of my questions is how, uh, how do you self-publish? Uh, um, you know, I've been thinking about uh, doing that myself. I am not a writer. Um, I, I, but I, I do have a lot of thoughts and I have a lot of experience. So what would, what would you say to somebody like me who's never written a book and well, you, you've done the same thing. I want to sit down. I want to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to write a book and publish it. Well, let me, let me ask you this. <clears throat> what would you write your book on? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> okay. Right. I think my life has had a, a, a bunch of different, uh, curves and angles and different, um, reincarnations of itself well ryan let me uh does the name does the company diamond publishing international sound pretty impressive yes well guess what it's the second bedroom in my log home <laughs> great i kid you not it's me i love it it's me uh i went to 
I gave a presentation at a, a write, uh It was a, a book fair, and, and a lady said, "I have a book that's almost done. Would you know? Would your publishing company be willing to take me, you know, under your wing?" I said, "I couldn't do that to you, because really, I'm just doing. I just formed a company so that I could publish my books, mm-hmm. and you might wind up doing the same thing. Um, doesn't cost much, <clears throat> but then again." Publishing does cost a lot. Uh, and when I say that, I mean, I um, I went into it completely I knowing nothing. Um, by the way, if you ever do decide to take those steps, please do get in touch with me because I can save you a lot of money along the way from what I've learned. Oh, I appreciate it. Uh, sure. I hired a consultant. <clears throat> Everybody said get a consultant. So I went to a, um, a writer's group, but they'll... Greater Lehigh Valley Writers Group had a, uh, a a week-long seminar. And the lady, I went into her, her presentation. She said, before we get started, I'm going to tell you there's no breaks. I have too much information to give you. I was impressed. So impressed, I took her card and I hired her. And she's been worth it, but she charges $60 an hour. Mm-hmm. If I have a 15-minute conversation with her on the phone, I'm getting a bill for $15 somewhere in the next week. Um, I, you know, she thinks of big things. She thinks of little things that, you know, when I say, why am I paying this or her this kind of money? But I would have never thought of these things. That's why I'm paying her this money. Mm-hmm. Now, what's happened is the last two or three years, I may have spent maybe two hours with her because I'm learning more in myself and learning how to get answers without having to use her. This isn't a knock on her, but, you know, I got to protect my bank account. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing, book design. Again, I don't know. I, I, I have no idea about book design. So I had to hire a book designer um, and actually a separate one to co- design the covers of the book. So you do run into it's an investment. Um, if you asked me, is it worth it? For me, it's really worth it simply because of the fringe benefits I get, um, personal ones, the fact that I'm sitting here with two books under my belt and I'm about 15,000 words into a third one. Um, I have people that are reading the books that are pressuring me <laughs> to get that next book out. Great. So that's that's what I call good news, bad news. But the good news is, you know, people want to read what I'm writing. Mm-hmm. So um, as I said, and the other the other fringe benefit is getting an email from somebody in South Africa that could relate to the dog rescue book because they have the same breed. They got their dog. He was being. I mean, it's just kind of like you, you're. You know, like you with the uh, with doing what we're doing now. Mm-hmm. It's like connecting with people in a positive way. And and you know, I certainly, <clears throat> I'm certainly not um, naive about the internet. There's a lot of bad about it, but there's also a lot of good. So it's like you know, it's like the rest of life off the internet. You got to search out what's good and you know, avoid exactly. the bad. I, I mean, I, I've contacted people in the United Kingdom. Uh, I mean, just people I would have never in a million years known existed, let alone having 
conversations with him. There's a lot of dog pages on Facebook. I mean, there's pages. And um, <clears throat> part of the marketing is not to market, as I found out. Uh, people, you have to, I always look at the uh, the about on a Facebook page to see what they are about. Um, and what I found was that hanging out and adding something meaningful to the conversation um, brings benefits that if I'm saying buy my book every five minutes, it's going to turn exactly. people off. And like I you said, know. when I said that um, we, you're going to find out that we all have a lot in common, one of our mottos here is sell by not selling. So it's the same thing. We don't want to be out there, hey, let us paint your walls or let us do this, let us do that. No, we want to do exactly what you just said. You want to go on and add something of value. And the people will let them volunteer to be a customer. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm running out of ideas, Ryan. Oh, that's <laughs> I, have, I have lots of questions yeah. for you. Oh, good. Um, yeah, and we're going to get past the books too. And I just want to talk about you. Um, could sure. you tell me? Could you tell me briefly about about your two books in summary, so people can can go check them out? And I'm going to put the links up for sure everybody thing. as well. Lance's Spirit Unbroken is a story of a. a I say an unusual. Uh, I felt it was an unusual rescue. So did my wife, and I'm seeing from readers it is too. This dog. <clears throat> This dog lived outside 24-7 for 10 years in a town called, uh, you may be familiar with it, Mount Bethel? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It's in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. So the last three of those 10 years, I had moved into the neighborhood. And um, I realized the dog, I, you know, it didn't take long for me to realize. Uh, back in those days when I had both my original hips, I was a uh, long-distance runner. I used to jog through the neighborhood and then enter races on the weekend. I'd go by, and, you know, after a couple of weeks, I realized, you know, this dog is outside all the time. I felt bad about it, but, you know, it's not my dog. <clears throat> so one day I'm walking out to my car, and a woman says, you want to adopt a dog? And I said to her, well, not really, but if I did, it'd be that poor dog up the street. And she said, this is that dog. She was walking him. I have very bad vision, so I had to focus in. I said, yeah, it looks like him. So the first thing I wanted to ask her is, why do you keep your dog outside? It, it was a very strange setup. She wasn't the dog's owner. She was a neighbor. The owners had kicked him out. Uh, he was one of those famous buy a dog for Christmas, and then nobody wants him after Christmas. Mm -hmm. So I, he was weeks old. Well, they kicked him out, and she took it upon herself to uh, have her husband build a doghouse on the owner's property, she would uh, bring, like, cook food, stews, and, stews and soups and bring them to him, but he remained outside on the owner's property. So I said to her, well, you think they'd mind if I walked them once in a while? And she said they could care really less what you did with them. So I started walking them. I had this initial creepy meeting with uh, the owner of the dog, and after that, I just bought my own leash, and I just went to the property, hooked them up, and we took off. Very energetic dog. I didn't really know what border collies were. I always kind of thought collie means lassie. Uh, they're hyper-intelligent, <clears throat> hyper-dynamic, tons of energy. I mean, this dog was 10 going on 11, and, you know, he was like a, a year-old dog. So 
we got into all kinds of mischief, which I can't give it all away, of course, but um, part of it is because him, part of it is, frankly, and I admit in the book, I have a reckless streak. And some people have called me on some of the things I did, but, you know, you put something out there, you put it out there. Exactly. So as fate would have it, one day I heard his the owner and his son joking about nuking their dog. And I went back home to my wife and said, hey, man, this dog can't die under my watch. I mean, what if I show up there and, like, the doghouse is gone and, you know, none of your business. So <clears throat> we pulled off a rescue. They didn't want to give the dog up. That's a whole other. Well, that's part of the story, you know, but they we got him. He turned out to be semi-feral, meaning he really couldn't be trusted. Mm -hmm. uh, he, my wife still has scars from the adventure. So... Um, the story didn't end with a rescue and the way it began. <clears throat> the other book, Arthur, the beginning is a work of historical fiction, meaning it's presented as fiction, but in an era that I've tried to describe as accurately as possible, as far as places, dates, events, etc. Um, I'm not going to say who the book is based on. I'll just say that if you read Lance of Spirit Unbroken, you have a pretty good idea. Awesome. <coughs> I'll, I'll put those links up, but definitely everybody go check out these books. So about you. So sure. um, what would you, you woke up today. What what would you say is, is a perfect day for, for, for Walter? What is just a perfect day? Well... Maybe this was a perfect day. I've had writer's block <clears throat> for about two weeks. And when I woke up today, I said, you can't let today go by without writing X number of words. And actually, I got that done this morning. Great. So speaking as a writer, that's the perfect day. Um That's a really good question, though, by the way. Well, thank you. Because life isn't all about writing. <laughs> um, I think what makes a day perfect is less what happens in that day, but more my attitude. <clears throat> in other words, if I'm having a day where I'm rehashing everything that has, could, or will go wrong, I'm not going to have a good day. If I'm, I'm having a day where I'm starting to appreciate little things in my life, then that's in a way is a perfect day. Mm -hmm. is, Does that is make there, any sense? Absolutely. No, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have to be grateful what's what, uh, for that's, all the little things going you know, around. Um, is there, is there one skill that you would still love to learn that you haven't tried? One skill. Well, I guess I don't know if it's a skill. I just would like to get more and more proficient with a computer. Okay. Which, which um, in a way happens in increments every day because I'm usually learning something today that I didn't know yesterday. Uh, I've gotten to the point where I'm not hiring people as often as I used to to figure things out on the computer for me. So I would say to continue honing my skills in that respect. And I just joined a, um, a group called Toastmasters. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, you know, it was funny. I was trying to talk myself out of out of going to it after I went to the first meeting. I said, you know, you're a pretty good speaker, speaking to myself, as I often do. <clears throat> but then I said to myself, no matter how good you are, you could probably be better. So, um, and since I am trying to get public speaking uh, appearances, I, I do one. I do one with a PowerPoint presentation on dogs. The other one I do is kind of telling my journey as a writer. Um, I just think that this Toastmasters Club can just make my whatever my presentation is now make it better. Mm -hmm. And I'll get back to you if I was right. I'm sure you'll be fine. I mean, you jumped in and wrote a book without uh, without really thinking about it. Yes. Um, has there been one person or, or, or people who've helped you um, through your writing career? Or have you done it on your own? Well, I would say persons. I would say the single biggest impact was the critiquing group I joined. So that's a number of people. They changed my writing style. It is my writing style, but it was their feed. The first thing they told me was, Walter, get all the big words out. You know, uh, I'm more well read in nonfiction than fiction. So I thought the deal is, you know, you, you make it like very professorial, use big words to impress people. And I remember one of the people in the group saying, you know, Walter, sometimes I feel like I'm reading a thesis. So I had to, you know, swallow my pride, take out the big words. And the other thing I did is I just got more conversational in my writing. I guess you may be a little bit more everyday down to earth kind of. And mm -hmm. it's funny because I've had a number of readers tell me my books are a very easy read. I don't think they would have been without the critiquing group. Hmm. So uh, last question. This is probably going to be a, a, a good one for people. Uh, Kids, kids just getting out of college. They want to be a writer. Uh, that's been their dream. The writing business is tough, as you told us. And that's like I know. What would mm -hmm. what would you tell them? I would tell them to stop dreaming and start doing. Hmm. There's there's no. In a way, I might be saying that to you too, Ryan. <clears throat> there's there is no. For two weeks, I didn't write anything. What did I do different today? I picked up a pad and pen. I would have felt pretty stupid sitting in my recliner with a pad and pen and not writing anything. So mm -hmm. the minute I took that step, I was doomed to write something today. Um, in the presentation I gave to the kids in, school, in high school, and they came up with some great questions like, you know, writer's block. They, they feel like everything's been written. I mean, they had good, good questions. <clears throat> and what I tried to impress upon them was that my only regret was waiting to this point in my life to start writing. I can't dwell on, you know, the fact that I did waste a lot of time. I just have to go from today on. But the thing they have over me is their youth. And they should, you, you know, youth goes by. Quickly. So while they've got it, and, and for a college, uh, you know, um, if I was going to recommend one thing, it would be to join a critiquing group. And the reason I say that is it forces you to write. You have to come up with some material, you know, once a month, twice a month. It just forces you to do what you might otherwise not have done.
Right. I appreciate. It. I say the same thing. Don't don't keep uh, planning and, and trying to perfect it. Just get it out there. So that's that's perfect. Yep. I hope I hope everybody just listens to what you just said. So I appreciate Walter. You did a great job, and you, you gave a lot of great insight for there. Uh, I'm going to put the link to your website, which is WalterStoffelAuthor.com, and then we'll put the links to your books on here. So that's it. I mean, you did a great job. I, I really appreciate, appreciate it. it. It was wonderful talking to you, and we'll talk again. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.